Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Like, um, unfortunately, I People were getting a hold of Weird Al at Gexit and saying, Hey, we love that new Kid Rock parody you did. And he goes, I regret those four hundred and seven years. Weird Al is a badass. I love him. Uh, okay, another week. It's not a week be without another school shooting. Right. You know? And we got Sid Sid. and Doc with us. Doc for the first time on the podcast. Hello. What's going on? <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Reality Reaction. So we've we've said this before on the podcast, and this is kind of what started Snow and I's uh, uh, social justice thing. Is after Parkland, we wrote an article for the local paper, um, oh, and yeah. it, it was in response to uh, someone else wrote this pro gun thing. Like, ah, oh, you're not gonna take our guns. I'm gonna tell you the. The Second Amendment stands for this. I'm going to tell you. I wish I could go back and find that article. Right. But we wrote a rebuttal to it, and it wasn't anti-gun. No. It, Nowhere in it were we saying we don't want people to have guns. Right. But we were kind of like, hey, can we just put the gun rhetoric aside for a minute and talk about these shootings? And we caught so much flack for Hellfire. that. Hellfire. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I was getting people threatening to show up at my former employer because of my my Facebook profile had worked at, mm -hmm. they wanted to call that place and be like, yeah, go down to there and why don't you talk to him personally and tell him how you feel about your guns. And I'm like, whoa. They wanted you to get canceled. Honestly, the, yeah. no, they were the one, remember so, that one lady so was people, calling for you to get fired? Yeah, so the, so the people who are against cancel culture are trying to cancel you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they were. Something that they or had no it, reason to be upset it, about. It, it was kind of a, a veiled <laughs> threat. It was crazy. Like they had to, Facebook had to turn off the comments because there well, the, were the local, the local Kingman Daily Miner had to turn the comments turn out, off, off the oh comments. because of the threats, and um, probably they were sick of too many comments too. I don't know. Yeah, the locals are pretty harsh. Around there was here. like over yeah. five hundred comments on. It. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing, you know, and. Uh, I was walking around Walmart the other day and just all the Second Amendment t-shirts, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know, it was just ridiculous how much well, the, I don't want you to call it gun it's, culture, it's gun so, sight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like it's an, an idol, like they can't, they can't function unless they have something to idolize. And it sucks because they're, most of them are gun-toting Christians, and yeah. they're supposed to be idolizing Jesus, and they're idolizing their weapons and their Second Amendment and their their leaders. And it's like, have it your guns. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be exercising my Second right, Amendment, yeah, right? Like, Finally, I mean, after all these years, I'm like, now I kind of feel like I have to just just in case, you know. Right, I mean, right. I'm not gonna go crazy, like. I still want to have other things in my life than just my guns. Right, right. You know, than just guns. Right. Like, there's a lot of things that I enjoy. Right. Yeah, guns are, guns are fine, but it, it's Yeah, just... they're fun to shoot. Yeah, it's fun. 
Okay. I've in, shot them. In this yeah. case, uh, the latest one was in Oxford, Michigan. Um, you think Crumbly goes to school with a gun in his backpack, and this kid was clearly disturbed. Um, yeah. While yeah. the gun was in his backpack, he was drawing a picture of another kid lying mm -hmm. in a pool of blood. And um, another note saying, please help me, or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Trying to get ammo, too. He was trying to mm -hmm. get a hold of ammo. Trying to buy ammo, because that's why the mom sent the text, like, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You need to learn how to not get caught. Yeah, and... So she was, she knew he was buying. Well, yeah, it, it, and it, she texted him, too. School. She put, Ethan, don't do it. So she knew a that tells me that she, she knew about the plan the, of him shooting, planning on shooting kids. She didn't call the school and warn them. Well, the, no, the school found the notes. This was that morning. The school found the notes on his desk, called the parents in to say, hey, we should talk to your kid. Allowed the kid to stay in school. Did not search his backpack or his locker. The gun was in the backpack. The kid goes out for the meeting, goes back to the classroom, asks excuse, comes out of the bathroom. And what did you kill? Kill five? Students? Yeah, it, I think he was. Wasn't he knocking on things, saying it's okay for you oh, to yeah, come out? A, it's the sheriff's. Yeah, there was a TikTok video, and it came up. Some kid posted. They were all huddled down in their classroom, uh -huh. and he's knocking. He goes, "Sheriff's, it's safe to come out." And the kids like, oh, "They didn't believe him. I don't. I, we don't feel comfortable with that right now." And he goes, "It's okay. It's safe, bro." Or something. When he said, "Bro," they're like, "He just said, bro," and they opened the windows and they jumped out to go to the building across where the sheriffs were. So he could have had that whole classroom, you know, had they opened the door. Ah. Yeah, and That's the, scary. And the dad had just bought the gun on Black Friday a yeah. few days beforehand. And the kid went with him to buy the gun. The right. kid was there too. Right. Yeah. But the problem being is the kid the parents already knew he was the kid was disturbed. Yeah. 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 So That's why why are you bringing him to buy a gun? And and the mom texted him it's okay, we're not mad at you when she first heard the school was in, was on lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You know, so she, so she knew. Yeah, that's why they got locked up. And yeah, and then um, for the first time, I think this is going to be the first time that, that they're going to charge the parents for involuntary manslaughter for their role that they played in this. Right. They should be charged with terrorism too. And they, I agree. And they ran and they were fugitives for like a day mm -hmm. you know like how they thought they'd get away i honestly thought it was going to end in like suicide or suicide by cop with people like that you know right. I, i'm like they're gonna well, like know, go out in a blaze of the glory difference, the difference is if the child was black he would have been dead right well yeah there's, yeah, there's that too child. and i hate to bring race into the situation but how many unarmed black children has died at the hands of an officer well, that's like a Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Yeah. If that was a person of color, then... They'd be locked away, throw, throw away yeah. the key. So these uh, kind of crappy parents, James and Jennifer Crumbly. Crummy parents. Crumbly, yeah, <laughs> crummy parents. Dude, and this goes back to when the kid was like nine years old, and they would go out partying to the point that the that the neighbors were calling Child Protective yes. Services. Yeah, Child Protective on, Services. On the they parents. Were they were involved numerous times. I did read on that. I'm going to sound like a real asshole <laughs> for saying this, but I'm going to say it. And they're trying to, like, overturn Roe versus Wade right now. These are two people, in my opinion, who never wanted this child. 
you, if they truly loved their child, there is no way in hell they would raise him like this. There is no way. I don't believe that they love their kid. Right. And, and if my kid was, you know, making threats or drawing threats on paper at the desk, I wouldn't say, hey, go back to class. I would take that kid home and I'd be like, okay, we need to get you some help. Inpatient or something like psych. I, I just, I can't understand. I mean, we've already had that warning. Remember that Jeremy video? Yeah. That was based mm -hmm. off of a true story. And that kid was all drawn. Teaching kids what to look for. Yeah. Kids, yeah. Children. Why should they have to look for that? So the, the failure. Well, it's, it's not only the failure of the parents. It's failure of the school system. Well, that's what I was going to add. They, they, they had like, they had a search warrant to search his backpack. How and they didn't? How I want to know after after all the school shootings that we've had, how is it not mandatory that all schools and this sucks that kids have to go to school like this, but how? they not all have metal detectors by now they they used to they did in the beginning they had metal detectors and they had to have clear backpacks after columbine but they only did that for like i don't know a couple years and then they reverted back because i remember when i was in school they had metal detectors and we had to have clear backpacks to go to school. and did you go to school here yeah. locally yep, oh wow yeah. even here mm -hmm. for like a year they did that and then they fell off of it they made it part of the dress code and then it fell off yeah so even the high school here uh, Kingman High School had to do it too. That was after Columbine, and then after that, that stuff was gone. Yeah, and Columbine but, was like forever. Columbine right. was over 20 years ago. And um, the thing uh, that I've noticed with a lot of these kids that are disturbed that have had these issues, CPS has almost always been involved in their life always been involved in their life you know what i mean it's like, like it's, a it's a pattern it's a pattern yeah these kids have problems cps gets involved and the parents are like oh well it's just a troubled child and we're going to close the case without helping it's it's crazy yeah now uh can i speak yeah, on yeah 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 feel free to just okay uh, i'm doc i've i've never uh spoke about this uh, whether it be personally or publicly, but I've been on both sides of uh, the system, of the DCS system. Am I talking loud enough? Yeah. Okay. So um, I grew up in, um, in another state uh, right off the Pacific, and uh, my whole life I was uh, taken from my parents and thrown in the system uh, where... You know, I was moved from group home to group home and just abused mentally, physically, emotionally. And it, you know, it doesn't just stay in your childhood. It goes in through with your adulthood. In fact, in some cases, it triggers many things like uh, mental disorders, like uh, antisocial personality disorder, or a child can grow up with conduct disorder. That which in leads to antisocial personality disorder. But, uh, you know, and then I've been on the side where, you know, I, I had um, my, I had my, my son taken from me, you know, in the past uh, year and a half. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how the system works, you know. Uh, we reached out so much to so many different organizations 
in our local area and you know we 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 couldn't get the help that we were looking for because my child has high needs and so uh you know we reached out to dcs and um we asked for we i mean i talked all the way up to the highest people in the office you know looking for help begging for help because i didn't want to be a failure to myself to my child or to my family you know i wanted to make a difference in my child's life i wanted to break the cycle you know my parents abandoned me I'm not going to abandon my kids. You know, I got five beautiful kids right now and I love them all to death. But, you know, the way the system works in my personal experience is not okay. You know, they, they're taking children from loving homes where people are doing everything they can and you're putting them in somewhere where you're taking them off everything that was working. You know, we went all the way to Phoenix multiple times to go so, uh eli or bubba was uh, diagnosed help. with conduct disorder that's basically probably what these other kids have had that are what, what exactly is it a child psychopath basically it's child psychopathy <laughs> yes conduct disorder they do everything that a adult psychopath would do no empathy, no empathy, no remorse, no so feeling, like, like hurting animals, Hurt, and, yep. yeah. all the whole nine yards, um, killing animals, they sometimes People. will rape their siblings. Um, there's not children who go out in school shootings. Um, there's not the system. And it's not just, you know, these kids or us. There's a wide variety of people. I'm on a, a group that talks about it. Are they the same as rad kids? Close. Okay. Yeah. Very close. Because I've heard that term too. It's close. It's very close. Um, I think the only difference between rad children is that they crow out of it. Okay. Conduct disorder, they become either sociopaths or psychopaths. Okay. Is it because the basics of child protective services, it's supposed to be exactly what it is. It, it's supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed okay. to be. I think that the idea of it was good in the beginning. Like mm -hmm. in, in this case with this Ethan Crumbly, whatever breakdown CPS had and not taking sense. those kids away. Yes. Now, what makes that different than, it's kind of like the polar opposite of mm -hmm. what you went through right. where they took the kids get away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they took the kid away. What, what was the justification just, from, from their part? Their part, well... Well, at the time I was incarcerated and I was looking at um, a short amount of time, but not, I wasn't able to be on the streets and fight for my case. Um, I was going to be incarcerated, so I was um, set off. There was where they claimed negligence from that point because he was and then my wife had not we had not adopted him my wife had not adopted him just yet so she didn't have oh, technically any parental rights right. and Wait, birth mom okay. was not involved i begged yeah. her i begged her to fight for him so that we could try and continue doing we were good we we're good parents you know and uh -huh. the, the fact that children um like the crumb crumleys uh, he fell through. He didn't get help he needed because CPS was negligent at that point. That, yeah. I mean, leaving them with negligent parents, but 
we were made to look like negligent parents in the court system when we were not. We went above and beyond for our child. He was in inpatient. We, I stopped working to take care of him. You know, and now is is this this is like a state-run agency, right? Hmm. So each state determines the rules. Every of state how has issues. Yeah, every state um, they get to where it becomes they make money off these kids. Do you guys? have custody of him now? No. His no. rights are gone. And what, the so foster parent who was adopting him or has adopted him, I'm not sure, promised he would do open adoption, but um, lied. How old is the child? Elijah's He's nine, nine now. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. How old was he when you realized he was having problems? He was seven, six, mm -hmm. seven years old. So he uh, went into the system um, because of an altercation he had with his ex-girlfriend and they took him based on that, nothing else, based on that. Um, he fought for him for 19 months, but in the process, the first foster home he was in, he was raped and he was beaten. God. And that was the mm -hmm. change. And then he ended up in the foster parent that has him now, which is a good home. The man is good to him. He takes really good care of him. But when we were being reunited with Bubba the first time, um, they didn't tell us he had these behaviors, and in return, he had molested one of our daughters. And they tried to pin that on us, that it was our negligence because he slept in the same bed with the other kids. I don't see any wrong with the children having sleepovers together, you know? And right. his, his behaviors actually had led um, us mm -hmm. to go install, and, and for the purposes of DCS's sake, you know, for proof, that uh, nothing was going on. We actually installed cameras on the inside and outside of our house. And we had kept close, pro well, you know, I had uh, all notifications come straight to my cell phone, all of them. Every notification of somebody playing in a room, any motion activation. He had an alarm on his door yeah. for at night. We, we, put a, we never locked his door. His, he was able to open his door and close it and lock it. And, he had his own room with a bathroom, so he, you know, we just put that that uh, extra precaution on there because I'm a hard sleeper sometimes, and, uh, you know, she well, he, has he problems had, waking me up. He did some really nasty sexual things to his little sister three times while we slept, so he had to have the alarm. It was prescribed by a psych doctor. Jeez. So the fact that the system, so down to the system, the CPS, DCS system, whatever they call it, they call it DHS in different states. Um, what I've done is research on it, and they will leave children with crappy parents because they're getting screwed up. Right. These children end up in juvenile hall, which lands them in the system anyways. Then they end up in prison. Or vice versa, they take a fine child, a child that's okay, from good parents and mess them up. Mm -hmm. So then they end up in the system again. They're getting money for it. The state's getting money. The state's getting money for juvenile hall. The state's getting money for the prison system because they're ultimately landing in there. But there's no mental health programs to help these kids in place. Or the mental health programs are contracted with the child services, and they're not giving them what they need. Yeah, so they're getting money off the lives of these children into adulthood, you know, and yeah, it's sad. Yeah. There's okay. no real mental okay. health. Where, where does the funding come from for these? The places? funding comes from the state. Mm -hmm. Okay, so state funds these. Mm -hmm. Who oversees 
Well, in our state, yeah. Governor Ducey oversees it. Okay. Yeah. So. And they pay people for um, doing uh, foster. Foster. Yeah, but not so, much. They don't okay. get, I don't think foster care gets paid much. Okay. They have not enough to, I think, suffice. But it's it ranges from different states. Our state, okay. I don't think they get very much. We have another guest joining us. <laughs> uh, I, uh, so, yes. Yeah. you call you? Guest. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me my name. Okay. Right. So, Serena, can so, you tell us about well, she's, a little she's, bit? She's, she's just joining in the well, conversation to uh, catch her up. Um, we are talking about CPS, who funds it, um, how, what it's supposed to do, and how certain things fall through the cracks, like um, this school shooting the other day with this Ethan Crumbly. CPS was called to, to the, these parents' house. Nothing was done about it. And Doc and Sid were sharing stories of how their son was taken away from them mm-hmm. under circumstances where they probably shouldn't have been. And what kind of discrepancies from state to yeah. state mm-hmm. on it? So the, the ultimate purpose is to keep children with their families. That is the number one goal. Um, so when we, we get having an investigation, that is the, that's the entire goal. So we're there to give them services. Um, how do we build upon uh, making them a stronger family? What can we do? Can, we have case aides that go in and get them daycare. They get them all those kind of services just to have them be stronger and just to be more, um, to have more support at home. And then when it rises to the level of the safety or that the parent has committed a crime, um, you know, left a mark, whatever that, whatever that looks like, um, then that would proceed on um, court proceedings. And then, um, so that would start the process of removal. And then you have to go to court six months to a year, kind of like the process. I think I'm getting off track, but, um, the whole, but back to your original question is the whole purpose of CPS is to reunite, reunify and keep children with their families mm-hmm. because we have seen over the years that everybody puts them in foster care and then they get to be teenagers and nobody wants teenagers so then we have overpopulated foster care system. Are there your um, rehabilitation programs within CPS to teach be better parents? Um, you know, I don't know, parenting school or whatever. Right. There are. Um, I'm just trying to evaluate whether so it has a lot to do with the parents buy-in too how much they want Mm -hmm. to participate and the other thing is is um i don't know if they meet people where they're at right so they're kind of just doing these cookie cutter things like oh you're going to do this parenting class you're going to do that Mm -hmm. and that and that instead of meeting with you one-on-one and you're like this is what you need help with and this is how we're going to get you there right Mm -hmm. because every situation is different Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm On that, did you have court proceedings? Leading yeah, we did um, both times. So when he was removed the first time, of course, I was not with him. We had a child in common, but I was not with him. And there was a domestic abuse between him and his ex, and he was removed. You know, I mean, that's normal. 
as normal. Um, so there was court proceedings. There was uh, he he did go through parenting classes, drug tests, and so forth. Like um, they actually surrounded our the first time they surrounded our family, which was it was great because they gave me daycare for the girls, you know, so that he could do his classes and so forth. Um, it worked great. Like um, Bubba was reunited with us in 19 months, and um, 17 17 months, but. Um, the second time, regardless that I had video proof, knowing that Bubba had these behaviors of lying, um, regardless of not understanding that the bruise on his shoulder was from, um, it was a probably about this size on his shoulder. In the video, you could see him fall to the ground and hit his shoulder. And I immediately picked him up and was like, Bubba, we can't be throwing a fit like that. You're hurting yourself. Regardless of that, because he was going to be in prison for, they didn't know how much time he hadn't had his sentencing yet. Um, and his, his behaviors were, um, were dangerous towards the other children. They severed the rights, um, regardless of asking for co-guardianship, that he would live with the foster parent that we, we loved, you know. So, but in your case, you're kind of treated like it was black and white. Right? It was black and, and white the and second text, time. Regardless, I tried really hard to talk to the, the certain social workers. Um, they had made up their mind. There was no, like, I asked, I was in the um, CFTs that they had up until he was severed. And um, there was no, they stopped doing certain services that we, I had fought hard to advocate for him with um, Mojave Mental Health to get referrals for. They cut those out because it was too hard for the foster parent not thinking of the child. Yeah, and we had services that were like. Wrap around like he great, had. Like EDMR, a, a CBT. We were doing everything. everything. We were doing the right medications. We went down to to uh, Phoenix. Phoenix to go get everything, you know, I mean, like we actually took our son to inpatient twice to make sure that, you know, everything yeah, because we had, re we had a doctor recommendation and then apparently the doctor sent another one the next day and it said something different. So they couldn't go off that. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we had, we had an issue the second time and they took because he had been removed twice. That was another um, that was another issue with them. So, um, right. I agreed that he didn't need to be in our home because of the behaviors in our other children, but I don't agree with severance. I don't because I feel like with his mother abandoning him and myself being his only mom that he's ever had in the past, taking years. that away from him completely is traumatizing more, him. more abandoned you know what i mean and the yeah. only pillar he had in his life like he already felt abandoned you know yeah. and um i think that sometimes like i i feel like the system is a good thing in um some aspects but i feel like there's some flaws in it that you know parents like us well because you know and, and serena they they, they, they you can't really treat it like a case-by-case -case basis right yeah like she said it's you know it's kind of Mm -hmm. This is the proceedings. This is what we have to do. It, yeah, and so when I say I'm answering, but, but 
they should treat it that way because there are different severities. Um, mm -hmm. There are safety plans they can put in place. There are other plans they can have. Um, they don't have to sever, but they could be permanently, or um, they can be in a permanent um, guardianship. And so right. every year, then whoever has that guardianship, they have to go back and report to the judge. Mm -hmm. And then they can have that, um, you know, they. I think they are starting, it's a long road, but that is one of their many flaws was just to remove, remove, remove. Mm -hmm. And it was this, um, those core judgments that they were making, like, oh, you're doing drugs, so you're a bad person. This is, you're in domestic violence, so you can't raise children. And now they're coming around to the fact that, okay, you do drugs, but what does that do to affect your parenting? How are you, how are you raising mm -hmm. your children? Are you in another room? Are you keeping your child safe? Do you have a two-year-old? Do you have an eight-year-old? Do you have mm -hmm. a 12-year-old where they can monitor their own things? Are they picking up their paraphernalia? Those kinds of things. So they have, they've come a long ways in the fact that they're saying, we know you do drugs, now what? Let's, let's make it safe so that you can keep your children out. Right, right. So, but they're not, they're not all the way there yet. No, yeah, yeah, there's, and, and there's less. So like, uh, where I've seen improvement, because I have friends who have children that are in the, um, in the DCS system, uh, one girl that I'm involved with, uh, she got in trouble for having marijuana in her system. And uh, that was like a week and a half before it was legalized. So they come around to how do you function, you know, if you're smoking pot or, you know, do you have to have it? She stopped, but um, they were they were working on it. And it was severance initially. And now it's reunification because they've worked around it. She has a really good caseworker. Um, but I think it really depends on who you get as a caseworker. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does depend. It really does. Yeah. And Doc, uh, can you have a hard time? Because I mean, I acting like I don't know, but I know that you had a hard time with your case while you were incarcerated. Yeah, which, which which blew my mind because because when you were incarcerated, this was during COVID, and they were kind of just letting a lot of people out to be out of the you know. Yeah, he literally was in there for a violation on probation for the original charge was for a Facebook post. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, what? I shared I shared a child molester or sex offender's address on Facebook publicly, and apparently there's laws against that. Mm -hmm. Wow! He did a year for that. A yeah. year mm -hmm. yeah. for making a post like that. Yeah. Yep, because Holy his information shit. and they just a heads up, listeners, don't do it. Yeah, be careful what you post on social media. It can come back and haunt you. Yes. I did not know that was a crime. Yep. <gasps> right, and your appeals just kept getting like pushed back and yep. pushed back. Anyway. Well, the, and that's what I tried to fight off is that it was public knowledge and they were like the the victim, so to speak. Oh, whether <laughs> Anyway, the person was... Um, trying to play the role of the scared victim. Oh, you know, da, da, da. I'm scared. He's, he, you know, I've had people come to my house. And no, this and okay, that. So this, this was somebody you knew personally. This is my, it, it was somebody we knew personally and still know, but we had a lot of drama going on with this person. Okay. We don't allow this person in our life anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's to... not, it's not like you can just take, things away you know what i mean you might well unless you're dcs you can take everything <laughs> away 
but uh you know it's it's just you know it's crazy <laughs> what what how rigged the system really is you know you see corrupt people walking like i'm gonna get a little personal and i'm not political in any way but you know you have like we mentioned earlier if you have an african-american or you have an east indian or you have any other race other than a white person walk in carrying a rifle anywhere down any street they're gonna die you're gonna get shot but because it was a white person, oh, self defense. Let's let's just write it off. Oh, he's innocent. But and, and also like, um, what the, kind of sense does that numbers, make America? The numbers in our our, our DCS system. Um, there's more African American children in the system of Arizona than. I think any other race next to Native American. Okay, and here's oh. here's, here's another thing. Um, how well funded is the CPS? Uh, they're not. They don't get hardly oh, okay. any funding. This, yeah, this, no. It gets to my point. Yeah, okay. they don't have nothing. Um, hardly. Given everything that's going on in the Supreme Court right now, and they're trying mm -hmm. to not necessarily overturn Roe versus Change Wade, it, but they're going to try to, they're, they're going to decide to leave it up to the states on what to do. They're going to manipulate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you'll see conservative states um, we will be go waiting. to try to ban abortions as early as possible. You know, as soon as the heartbeat is detected. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the point being is the pro-life crowd Okay, it's only pro-life until the kid's born. Now the kid's born, he's he's in the system. Say it's mm -hmm. unwanted pregnancy, they give it up. The kid goes into the foster system. An overloaded foster system. An overloaded, right. underfunded foster mm -hmm. system. Right. And then, you know, they want to cut funding for that. Where's the pro-life there? Not. And that, that's exactly my point, too. Like, the issue of abortion... We need to quit demonizing abortion. If people, if someone is telling you from the get-go that they do not want to go through with their pregnancy, I don't understand why it's yeah, anybody else's these, business. They're saying they don't want to have uh, the kid, no, regardless these, yeah. of what the And then they end up not taking is. care of the children, and the child ends yeah. up, you have CPS workers at your door, like, And CPS doesn't child. need any more kids. I mean, like... I don't understand why, if we would get religion out of a lot more things, we'd be a whole lot better off. It's yeah, like, I mean, I feel like, I feel like CPS, DCS, DHS workers are overloaded as it is. How are they right. supposed to feel, you know, even as a mental health worker, I know what burnout feels. How are, like, That's what and it, yeah, burnout is more, bad. They take it out on um, the workers yes. and the mental health is not there. Um, mm -hmm. I mean... The payments um, range between, it depends if you're having um, what level of child, um, you know, and I, I used to do adoption specialists, but it's like, it, it could be $800 now, I don't know, a month. Um, I think it used to be 500 a month, mm -hmm. but then if you had the kids with the special needs, there was tiers and it went from like 1300 to on up, like right. depending on, because that was your full-time job, you weren't allowed mm -hmm. to put them in the daycare services right. as a foster parent, you have to mm -hmm. keep them at home. Um, there's a lot of rules, a lot of therapy. There's probably therapy at least 
um, probably daily. I don't know if it's more than once a daily. And so there are a lot of extra tasks you have to do as that special foster parent. So the funding is more about the mental health, the lack of mental health, and mm-hmm. and then they, they just drain it on the workers. Well, yeah, oh, and, yeah. and then yeah. in areas like we constantly bag on this area, but as far as mental health oh. in this area, they, just, they, don't, they, don't, they don't pay. So you can't retain good workers. So you get people that aren't okay. fully qualified. Or, or you try to send out, in, in my case, I stopped working for mental health here because they didn't have resources for the clients that I had. And I would try to outsource and they're like, oh no, we're not paying for that. So they're just gonna have to be stuck with what they're yeah. having. It just, it's the same with kids. It's the same thing with the children is they don't, the leadership of the mental health, the people on the big talk, they've made it into a corporation instead of about the client. So they they don't send out referrals. That's the thing we fought with for Bubba. Their idea of fixing and sticking you on medication. Yes. Right, I, I was going to say right. that. Yeah, because, they because stick these my, kids on medication. My, my, my kids see therapists, which is, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That actually, right. Nope. there's nothing wrong, wrong mm-hmm. with therapy if you have a good therapist. Right. But they're... Um, solution was always well. Let's increase the medication. Let's increase the medication. And I would go in there fighting. I'm like, no, look, I'm not seeing any difference in here. As a matter of fact, um, I was in a situation where I had you know the kids for a little while, and I was just like, I'm gonna roll back. We the did medication. the same thing. We did the same thing. And I was there was no difference. Mm-hmm. That either either way, good or bad, there was just no difference. It was mm-hmm. just even kill. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this medication really isn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I get medication, uh, you know, for some people. Some people it works for them, but I also don't believe in getting people on this medication for a lifetime. Well, they they had Bubba on. He was on amphetamines, and knowing that his father is an ex meth addict, they had his son on amphetamines, and they were treating his ADHD, not his behaviors. And when we took him to Phoenix, they say, why is he on this? He needs a mood, a mood stabilizer. So they put him on Respiradone and completely changed him. It worked with his ADHD. It helped with his moods. But as soon as he was taken back, he went they right back the on the amphetamines. And slapped him right back on Because it makes him tired. That's why. Okay. okay. Who, makes, who made the decisions on the medication? TCS. Mental health. And mental health. I had no choice in it. I could you, sit. You, had, you had no choice. I had no choice. As a guardian, you had no yeah, choice. Yeah, I had nothing. I sat in the CFTs. I told them what I experienced and what he should be continuing, but I ultimately did not have the decision, even though I knew as his mother, I knew <laughs> what was good for him. Yeah. You know, And because the guardian then is CPS. Yeah. They are the guardian. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. The foster parent is not the guardian. It's CPS. Mm. They make the decisions, and so they follow the advice of whatever. The, whatever the mental health feel, and and the doctor that was there. I don't know if he's there anymore. He Jesus is a med pusher. So, but and you gotta. It's amazing the relationship that they have uh, with that DCS and and mental health have in common and because you know I think it I think at some point it becomes a conflict of interest. When the same people know other people. And I get that this is a small town. But I mean, when you start 
going out off of work with these same people. And I just feel like there's so too much collaboration the example, going on. The therapist, that was our son's therapist. Well, we're, we're talking, though, this isn't a problem of this area. This, it's this, a problem. This, this is all over rural America. This right. is what goes right. on. Yeah. So, so well, the ther- our, our therapist, yeah, our therapist was close friends with the DCS worker that removed our son. Yeah. And and don't they, don't they get me lied, wrong. They lied in CFTs. They lied, even though we had the paperwork to prove it to DCS. Um, I I really felt like the entire time we were, and even though we had my kid, our my kid representative person saying no, that's not what's happened. I've been to every meeting, I've been to every appointment. It didn't matter. It's really hard to talk. About like the cards are just like stacked against you. It was. It was. And it didn't matter what I did. Um, he couldn't do much because he was in jail, but it didn't matter. Me calling, saying, please, you know, can you change this? Um, that I tried to get kinship, and they opened up a case on me, <laughs> a bogus case. Yeah, so I couldn't get kinship. Like, it just... Corrupt. And I don't, I don't believe it's that way for everybody. I believe that there's some caseworkers that are just burnt out, and they don't care. Like, I really feel that way. Well, I mean, that's got to be... As you can attest, it's probably got to be a really tough job. It is. Seeing yeah. what you probably have to see and deal with. That's why you went into hospice, right? <laughs> I actually <laughs> loved what I was doing. Um, I liked the... Um, I wanted to stay and keep up... Um, like, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, when right. you call people snatchers and baby snatchers. And I was... I was for... Um, the reunification I wanted to, and that is what I really upheld when I was working that and I did investigations I did ongoing I did in-home and I did adoptions so I was able to move around but um mine me leaving was more about the more you did the more they stuck on top of you like you said mm-hmm. and there was a it's not about pay what it is but it was just like that's it you're making this and that's all you're gonna make and here's more cases and here's more cases mm-hmm. and why didn't you overloaded. get these closed like overloaded so that's why I ultimately left because I just was, could never get ahead, um, and I didn't feel like I was making a difference anymore. Like you said, I right. felt jaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get burnt out, and that's mm-hmm. the same with mental health. You get yeah. they load, they overload you, and you get burnt. I got tired of it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, that's you, what happens. You don't go into a profession like that not wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. They they, they definitely yeah. need built-in mental health for DCS caseworkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually that. one of the new. Um, NASW um, social work code of ethics is we have to have um, self-care and if we don't do self-care we're actually not able to technically competently service as social workers because people can point that out to us now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's just crazy hearing all this because it's like it's almost the same way they treat teachers too I mean it's like are are children really important like when you hear stuff like this, you're like, well, there's no money in that. They want to just keep piling more stuff on you. Mm-hmm. And who's suffering most of the time? The children. Like It's to make they, money off of their yeah. lives. And it's yes. like, they don't give a fuck about kids. They, it's money. They, it's, it's the entire insane. system. It's the entire system. It's I mean, it's our, it's our entire, yeah. the way our government's set up. I, say, I don't, I, I don't honestly. know that, that the, the CPS is about money because they don't. 
actually the government that. is. But yeah. I know what you're saying. No, no, it's yeah, I'm just talking no. about yeah, CPS like, the is reactive and not proactive, right. and that's what the problem is. But that's like, where it comes right, from. Right. It's like it's why reactive, why be so into the whole pro life thing and trying to do all this stuff when. Y'all know you don't give a fuck about kids. <laughs> like they, right. they, they know yeah. that they don't. Uh, the policymakers don't give a shit about the right. kids. A, right. a, a day after the school shooting, um, the representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky posted a uh, photo of his family, and they're all sitting around the Christmas tree holding guns. Oh hey, God, I saw please, that. Yeah, yeah isn't he from Kentucky? Yeah, he's one from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, here's the thing too. So they were talking about the leading causes of death in children, and car accidents are number one. Number two is shooting. Number two is firearm deaths for kids. Number two. Number three is pediatric cancer. So guns above. Those are our top three for children. It's like, and they try to convince us that they give a shit about kids. Oh yeah, but you 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 don't want your kids masked at school. You know, you don't don't want you don't want to be immunized against COVID. You know, you don't. God forbid we teach real American history and the dark parts of American history. You know, and you again another stupid critical race theory, stupid term. Something that's not taught in schools; it's taught in college. That's a college course. But then you have all these outraged parents who go to these school meetings and yelling at the school board, threatening the school board because of what they're not teaching in school. But these same parents don't give a shit about school shootings. I know. They, but and it's, it's really, it's, it's really, okay, so, so teachers are there for education. Parents are there to teach their kids manners, ethics, and right and wrong. I'm sorry, teachers should not be behaviorally dealing with your child. They're there no. to teach, educate your child. And these parents are like, oh, you need to do this, this, and this with my child. Where That's why are you going to have the time? Did they get rid of guidance counselors, too? Like they used to have those. They have. I think they contract now with mental health and mental health counselors come in and check on the troubled kids, not on the rest of the kids that don't show behaviors. Because you know, there's kids that are quiet that end up with a gun and shoot up the school. Right. They need it for. I mean, mental health isn't just for kids with ADHD or something that's outwardly, you know, doing things. There's kids that are quiet and do things in quiet. Because they're depressed, or they're being abused at home, or well, yeah, you know they're they're being bullied. Well, a lot of parents just treat the school system as a babysitter. Yeah, day. that's not their that's not um, their job. I I was I was talking to somebody, and she was a school nurse at Havasu, mm-hmm. and she quit because she got tired of, especially during this time, mm-hmm. people sending their kids to school sick. Daily occurrence. Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't know. I mean, your kid's got the sniffles. You, you know, hey, go get them tested for COVID. Right, just it, it takes like a few seconds. Go down the road; yeah. they're all over the place. My, uh, my, my son, that uh, my older son, uh, the nurse called and said, "Yeah, unfortunately, we had a parent send their child knowing they had a positive COVID test." Jesus. So your son has to stay home for ten days or get tested. I went and got him vaccinated, but <laughs> needless to say. <laughs> Parents are, are like, oh, I have to work. And then when they ask for children to wear masks, oh, no, I'm going to keep my kid home. Okay. <laughs> no, it makes, that, that makes point, zero sense. Why isn't that? Like, how did they get to that conclusion? Why isn't that kid taken away? Because not only 
Are you endangering your own kid because you don't believe in this? You're sick. Yeah. You're trying to take it away. Sick. Self determination. <laughs> yeah, that's neglect. No. Take no, care no, of your really. child. Yes. Like, yeah, I, why I don't it take no. Self-determination. Self-determination. Yeah. Insane. It is. It's it's insane. It's I think you do have a, a, a good point with that is that they're they're hiding like they're embarrassed to talk about mental health, like it's shunned or something or it still is, yes. Yeah, and so if you do have a child with mental health issues and you say, God forbid they have Tourette's or whatever they have, whatever their issue is, or schizophrenia or whatever, mm-hmm. people are like and they just think that they think the worst, like you are going to be the person that's going to have the mm-hmm. issues or the outbreaks yeah. or whatever. I, I think I'd lose those dads. I, 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 I'd lose those dads. You know, what are you crying about? Yeah. Shut up. And we so, need to um, bring that to the table and say, no, it's it's okay if you have a mental health issue because guess what? We probably all do. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> We're all fucked up. And, and, and you know what, one point or another. And, but, and, and denying that we don't have mental health issues, you know, that makes us even more fucked up later. We on. need to start looking at those people who are. We need to just flip the well, tables I know, on them. I know if you think fact, there's nothing wrong. I, I know for a fact in this state, at least, and I'm sure in many states with mental health, the priority is not mental health. Their priority is their gun rights and their <laughs> their yeah. their anti-abortion laws. Their priority is not the children that need the help right now. So mental health is underfunded incredibly, especially in Mojave County. Oh yeah, especially in Mojave County. This area is it's horrible. This area is awful for mental health. I yes. mean, I knew people who they were like. I had a friend who was telling me about all these people who were getting, like, schizophrenia diagnoses. And I'm like, there's no way that there's that many there schizophrenic getting, people they're here. They're misdiagnosed. Yeah, they're and misdiagnosed. And it's like, they're not really... So, so then one friend actually went and had gotten help mm-hmm. down outside of Phoenix and got a completely different diagnosis. disorder. Because when they ask you questions, do you hear voices in their your heads... Of course, somebody with a personality disorder, they have their personality telling them to to do things and they have to stop that thinking, right? That's a person. It's not different voices that you're hearing in your head. It's your own brain telling you right. to do something and say, yeah, the voice in my brain tells me this is then they're like, oh, schizophrenia. Instead of exp- you know, exploring that they have a personality disorder of some type. like, And it's the same with children. Um, Bubba would all say all the time, yeah, I have a voice in my head that tells me to do this. They tried to say he was schizophrenic, and I said his voice in his head is his brain because he's got conduct disorder. It's a personality disorder. He mm-hmm. is trying to talk himself out of doing bad things. That is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they just, schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I went to a counselor, uh and it was one that, okay, so I don't know all the, I can never remember if it's psychologist or psychotherapist or whatnot, but I went to one who was a meds prescribing doctor. Oh, that's, that's okay. a BHP. Yes, yeah, psychiatrist. Okay. Yeah. So I go to him and he's like, yeah, he diagnoses me as having depression and anxiety. Uh-huh. So he puts me on um, depression meds and I go and I, and I had appointments to come back and see him and I go, I really don't like this medication. I don't like the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel worse and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, all right, well, we have to wean you off. And so when he when he weaned me off and we were done at the end of the weaning, he's like, all right, I go, 
yeah, I'd rather, I think I'd rather just do like the counseling portion. And he's like, you're going to need to go somewhere else then. Like he goes, if you don't want to be on medication, mm-hmm. I I cannot help you. You're going to need to go to just a therapist then. I have no help for you here. And I was like. Well, and that's because he's not a therapist. Mm-hmm. So he was actually right to say it because he would be practicing but, outside of his practice, his scope of practice. Basically, so there are like five approaches to depression and medication is just one. There's counseling, um, there's um, self talk mm-hmm. there's um exercise and your diet mm-hmm. and nobody focuses on the other mm-hmm. stuff and they just want like you said they'll want to right but, but it does need to be a well-rounded approach and i think mm-hmm. that they could do a better job yeah, if they're going to be a job. doctor at like explaining well, it to you better because it was almost like i can't help you you know you, you don't want to be on medication you need to leave right well i had, I had like the opposite experience where I, I was talking to somebody and she was be like, okay, well, how does this make you feel? And I think I, and I, th- I think I'm like this because of this. And she, you know, at the end of a couple of sessions, she was just like, well, I think you have a pretty good grip on things. I'm like, no, I need to figure out why I got from a, to, you know, I mean, yeah, I have a, I have a good grip on what's wrong with me, but why am I like this? <laughs> you know? Right. Wanted solution focus there. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess that was kind of like the Tony Soprano thing with Dr. Ralphie. You know what I mean? She would get him to talk about shit. You would just fucking admit it. You, fi- you figure it out yourself. Yeah, that's, yeah I figured it out That's the myself. whole thing is you make your client work for you. You don't work for them. So you talk to them. You ask them open-ended questions. And they literally answer their own questions. Every mm-hmm. time. Every time. And that is helpful, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've gone to therapists like that where I'm yeah, like... But- because they shouldn't be telling you what to do. They should get you to realize what you should do. But this was kind of like, well, three sessions and you're all done. Okay, well, you have a pretty, pretty good grip on things. Oh, no, so I'm like, no, be, I need, I think this should, should be a continuing There should have been more sessions. Yeah, that's, that's but, but then again, yeah. that could be more of the system being broken. Yeah, they, they just want to filter out more people. And, and it's, it's, it's overloaded too. Like I had 220 clients working at where I was at and I had high needs clients. I had DDD clients and regular clients that were addicts and stuff. And like, how many did you have to see a day? I, well, when we were doing COVID calls, I was calling 30 people a day. 30 a day. 30 a day. How That's often a did lot. They, how, long, how often did they have appointments? Like, was it Some weekly? of them were weekly. Some of them were monthly. How did some you of them were, that? It was hard. I could <gasps> hardly. Yeah, it was hard. I was so, so backlogged in yeah. charting that it was ridiculous. I was like, I can't do this. And then they would, um, I would ask for certain resources for certain clients. They wouldn't allow us to go out and see high needs clients, regardless if I had masks and, and the precautions. Um, I got... During COVID, I got burnt out. I was like, I can't, I can't help my clients. So I some of them killed themselves, and that was Jeez. hard. Suicide, yeah. Some of us lost clients, and um, I didn't want to have anything to do with that anymore. I lost That's one terrible. client to COVID, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it. I can't emotionally do this. You know, we just you, you ask me to help people, you ask me to support them, and you don't give me the resources to do so. You know, Snow. Keep on doing this podcast. We talk about these subjects and stuff like that. 
It's very There's no heavy. solutions to any of these problems, though. Well, the solution lies within the laws and the government that's above us, and they don't do it. Universal health care, including yes. mental health. Yes. Like, yeah. there are solutions. I have very good insurance, um, 3PS, and we were unable to find help for my son for fifth grade all the way to, I mean, even now. So uh, we, we did finally, we got him diagnosed in about sixth grade, but that was, um, so the school system is supposed to do that for you too. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to identify a problem um, and then, you know, is it an IP, is it a BIP or mm -hmm. behavioral solutions? Um, anyways, and so if they need something, the school is supposed to be there between K and 12. They weren't. Um, I went to them many times. So finally, I just had good insurance, so I said, I'm taking to Vegas. Got her stuff done. But I always wonder, what about those parents that don't have There's so many resources. those resources yeah, to just go to Vegas? Yeah, we didn't have that either. We were on state insurance. Mm -hmm. We had to go to Phoenix. To, and Vegas is only an hour and a half away. That would have been so much easier. But we had to go to Phoenix. You know? So it was like literally searching for those therapists, mm -hmm. searching for that psychiatrist, searching for all of those those resources that literally took me from fifth grade to eighth grade. It was mm -hmm. and then exhausting. You, and then you were talking earlier about how they tried to shove off the problem. They're like, yeah, but he's a smart kid. Like, yeah, they're so they wouldn't the give school. him an IP, even though I demanded it in writing, um, because the the principal said, well, I have to get back with you on that. Um, I don't think he um, fits in the... Um, he doesn't fit the whatever you call that or need an IEP, mm -hmm. and so I said no. I said um, he goes well. We're, we're we don't we're not a public school. I said you're a charter school. You take public dollars. You still do. have to They're offer the same services. I'm like um, and I am requesting it, and now I will put it in writing, and so you have to respond in 14 days. And he's like, well, I have to get back with the special ed teacher. Special ed teacher calls me. Well, he doesn't have any um, learning objectives, and he doesn't have any problems, and he gets straight A's, and it's not a problem. And I said, so being called out two, three, four times a week, disrupting his education, that is interrupting his education. Mm -hmm. But he never did get his IEP. They never came through with that. And they just mm -hmm. kept saying, nope, he doesn't need it, even though IEPs have a behavioral component right. to it. Yep. But again, it goes back to another like a funding issue. It's probably not. They blame it's it probably on, not the individual. They blame it on that. They said, "Well, we we don't have to go by the same rules as a public school." And I said, "Oh yes, you do. Yeah, they do. You take public mm -hmm. dollars." Mm -hmm. So now this year they actually have a counselor there at the school, and um. But aren't charter schools supposed to be so much better? I mean, oh, I know. That, that's what they try to sell us here. Some of the people around here act like their kids go to a private school. They're like, they're in the academy. <laughs> I'm like, it's, you guys you know actually suck away more dollars. The academy? Do you know how many, how many kids have killed themselves from that, that place because of bullying and stuff? They don't do any better than a public school. Yeah, they just, they they're they're able to get... Smaller class size. Hmm? They have a way of being able to get more tax dollars, too, to suck away more tax well, dollars to the... I it's more to do with the uh, than public schools so well so no the public schools are based on like the neighborhoods or, or now there's open borders or whatever not borders um open jurisdiction yeah you or, can okay. go to whatever school you want but if the charter school is showing 
that they have X, Y, and Z students that are meeting the test Yeah, scores, they get more money. They get the more money for that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah, they'll, so get, they they'll take more that's money how they do. Mm-hmm. from the from the public mm-hmm. schools. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Without the yeah. resources for the child. Yeah. yeah, and they're for profit, so at the end of the day, it doesn't go back into the schools. Mm-hmm. It goes to the shareholders. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I am guilty. I sent my kids to charge school, <laughs> but I couldn't. I couldn't. I I I like. I just couldn't deal with those class sizes mm-hmm. in the public school. Yeah, oh. they are. Well, they're. Yeah, we we struggle. With our, our daughter struggles mm-hmm. in large class sizes. She struggles. She does. But yeah, and. We get real about it. I mean, who's really the pro-life crowd, though? Really, uh, who, who, the pro-choice who really people, is the pro-choice people? Because, like, really, like naturally, I wouldn't get an abortion, right? Like, I would never do that. But I'm a good mother. I love having kids. I love taking care of babies. But who am I to force some other woman who doesn't want to have a baby? Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and like that. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, I think it was. It was on one of those stupid Facebook arguments that you know I, I said that mm-hmm. I was pro-choice. And like, oh, you're a baby killer. No, I didn't say I was pro-abortion. Right. Right, no. Well, and the fact is is that being pro-choice, pro-life, you're still pro-choice if you're pro-life because guess what? Those people were R.B. Wade. Before R.B. Wade, the people that had money were still getting abortions. Yeah. So it's okay for people that have money are getting abortions. So you're really not pro-life because you're... Okay yeah. with rich people being able to have abortions and not poor people that are underserved that have to yeah. go to a different county. That is not the definition of pro life. No, it's not. And and that's the thing mm-hmm. is they don't they don't care. Like they they, they don't they don't care at all. No, but no, but, they, but they, they you know, care. it's our body, our choice if we want a vaccine or not. That's pro choice. That is choosing to do what you want to do with your body. You know, but they don't believe in abortions. But, I mean, this this all wraps it back up to how we started this with the, um, just a couple days after Parkland, mm-hmm. the guy writing there, writing this pro-gun article, mm-hmm. with no mention, yeah, that's kind of tragic what happened there. Maybe we should look into this. Maybe we should look into that. You know, he was just like, nope. My, and this guy's, he wasn't even born. He was an Italian immigrant. Right. You know, but... So, so, so I would ask him, do you want your, you to have the blood of those children's hands or on your hands? You know what I mean? Like they don't care, they don't care. They unless they it's don't. their child. Then they're, you know, they're like, Oh my God. Like, know, or, even, or even in this case, in, in the, this crumbly, the, the crumblies, yeah. they don't even give a shit about their kid. They did it. And the, the fact that the system failed them in ways that the system failed us almost well, well, identically. They, they, they failed this easy probably. They, did you, did they you hear the news him. that came out today that is that they paid, they lawyered up for themselves and they let his kid get public defended. They didn't lawyer up his, their own kid. Because they already knew that he has a life sentence. Well, yeah, and, and the, thing, the thing is, is like, I worry for our child because we tried to get him every help that we needed to get him so that he wouldn't end up like Ethan. So he wouldn't end up like him. And I worry now because he's still in Mojave County getting the same exact crap care that he was getting before. And I'm going to say crap care because it is. The child needs psychotherapy. He has conduct disorder. He doesn't need just counseling or a counselor talking to him every week and meds. I worry about him being like that or being a serial rapist or a serial killer. 
And it's out of our hands. Like, there's nothing I can do. Or even goes back to the Rittenhouse kid. Rittenhouse, yeah, that like, child. That... Like, like, I almost I almost feel bad for these kids. I, I feel bad for Ethan. I almost feel it bad is, for Kyle Rittenhouse. It's that the parents his parents fault. didn't step in and go, it hey, is. hey, idiot. You're 17. What the fuck are you doing there? Yes. I would be kicking my kid's butt. I would literally be like, what the heck are you doing buying a AR-15 and going somewhere you do not belong? That's dangerous. It's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for others. No. Like, that's bad parenting, period. It's the parent's fault. Regardless whether she drove him there or Regardless, not. Regardless. Yeah. if they, they weren't certain if she did, but I'm sure she did. But... Regardless, like you are being a crappy parent and you shouldn't have had a child in the first place. Or, you know, this goes all the way back to um, Sandy Hook. and mm -hmm. That's another example of crappy parenting. Yeah, she left her guns unlocked. And knowing he had, he had conduct disorder. And. Yes. And if he didn't kill her, she should have been charged. Right. Right. He had conduct disorder. He actively was in inpatient on and off talking about killing people. And she left her guns open. That's ne next negligence. I yeah. just and I, I remember during that, and this was my first move here. I, I'd only been here for six months. And um, I used to always travel from New England down to New Jersey. And I drove through that part of Connecticut, right mm -hmm. near Sandy Hook. It was just right off the exit. So when that happened, you know, it kind of was, I was like, wow, I sort of know that town. Um, and I was working for a place, and we had the news on, and that was the one where Obama came out, and mm -hmm. he was making that speech and kind of, kind of teared up, like saying, hey, we got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And my customer, this little lady, goes, that effing N-word isn't going to tell me what I can do with my guns. Nobody said anything I'm about like, your guns. They talked about helping kids Fuck. and getting them better yeah. help. Well, remember how much crap everyone gave them to? They're like, if those were even real tears. They, when the president is the president of the United States, He's they right. give him the pictures of the stuff. Yeah. So he, yeah, he that's it. why he was crying because he saw all the well, little children who were torn as, to pieces as a troubled child you growing up in the foster care homes did you display violent behavior and they didn't do anything for you i think my behavior is, i think that question is is um a little difficult to answer because um i know from my from my personal experience uh even though my my parents had left me at 10 and a half months old um I grew up angry and, and frustrated and hateful towards the whole world, and I took it out on everybody in the world. So for me, I didn't really know anything but anger and hatred for any and everything. The, the first time I ever, first time I ever cried, the first time I ever was happy, was the day my son was born. That was the first time. Yeah. But being being in you know, just growing up in, in, in that place, it's, it's, it's nothing nice. You know what I mean? Um, and especially it doesn't help when you're sent to different homes because you can't work out in one foster home or you find out that these people that want to be parents are just doing it for the, uh, money. doing it for the money. And you're just 
locked in their basement until somebody comes around important looking for you. You know, or the social worker comes to the property. Oh, let's get him out of the basement. Oh, let's go give him a shower. Yeah, they're coming over today. Did you ever, um, like, form an attachment to any of the foster homes you were in? And they got taken out out of them? Um, there There was only two people in the entire system that I ever took a liking to or even in a place. Um, the one place that I do remember um, that I liked, it was called Families First. It was in Sacramento, California. Um, and then uh, the the two people that I've come across that I've really, like they were genuine. You know, like when you come across somebody and they're just, they're not putting on this facade like, oh, look at me, uh, I do this, but behind closed doors and like this you know these people were genuine what you see is what you get and that's how i try to be and they're uh i don't know should i name their names or not but they were gonna they were gonna adopt him one uh, one person well no that was the family family that 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 was was, yeah uh, these were people before them like zach uh, was before them betty was before anybody um, but, uh, yeah, the, the foster parents, uh, it was funny because the foster parents were, um, he was my teacher in three different group homes. <laughs> okay. Check this out, right? Not only was he my teacher for three different group homes, his wife was my doctor for the past six years of that time. So... I was well taken care of, well looked after Aww. by that by those people. The only ones that you really had that were family. Yeah, once. Mm-hmm. Um, the system deemed him too, uh, his behaviors too much for them well, to adopt him because he had had an outburst. My behavior is was a result of that, and I take mm-hmm. full responsibility because. I was I I didn't have to come to school that day, but it was my last day at, at that school. My transcripts had been sent over, but the bottom line was um, I was I was a uh, uh, a danger, a risk because um, not only did I th- pick up one of those round tables that you can sit like eight people at, I picked one of those tables up and threw it at the teacher and. Uh, they, it was it was a group home school, so they could restrain you. It was a level fourteen group home and Love things home. like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean they they uh, that was the last time I seen them. Um, they they came to the hospital where I was getting my psyche valve for three fucking months, and uh, when I got there, they they looked and the system. It you know it's funny because for so many years I had been looking for him and I just wonder what happened to him, and come to find out, I I ran I come across them on Facebook a, a little found, over a year them. ago. I found them for you. Yeah, my wife had found them over a year ago, <laughs> and uh, we we talked, and they told me word for word, and I have the the texts to prove or the messages to prove it. DCS told us that you were a lost cause and we should just leave you alone. 
at the age of 12. Aww. The only picture we have of him as a child was with their family. Only picture. Yep. Only childhood picture I ever got was from this adopted, would have been adopted. I just, I just I worry about other children. And so I know the system's good for a lot of reasons. Like a lot of, we've, we've had good experiences with it, but we've also had very terrible experiences with it. Yeah. The system and bad parents result in what happened in schools. Or, yeah. or children murdering their foster parents, you know, because. And how old are you? If you don't mind, thirty-six. I'm thirty-six. 36. It took him. I don't. It took him till you were like what thirty-two to start doing like actually better mentally because you actually started thirty-one. Get, thirty-one. He started to get help for it because he didn't know what he had, and then when they finally told him, he's like, "Oh, that makes sense." But. <laughs> Oh, this is why I've been struggling all these years. Nobody could diagnose me. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's the other problem with the, all the systems breaking down. It's hard to break the cycle of it. Mm-hmm. I know me personally, and, you know, I talked a little bit about my upbringing. You know, I, as a parent, I just went with the, um, let me just do the opposite of what, of what, I, what, my, yeah. what I know. And mm-hmm. I think I'll turn out all right. And it seems to work. <laughs> there you go. That's what he does. It's, it's the opposite uh, he tries really hard to do the opposite of what happened to him. Like, he was abused horribly, and he's like, I don't want to spank my kids. I don't yeah. want to do it. I don't want yeah. to. I don't like to hit. I want to put them in the corner and take their stuff away. <laughs> like, oh. That's how it yeah. is. Well, yeah. I, I, go, I, I go to the extreme, though, with that. Like, if my kids do something, like, like they'll do something, and I'll just be like, oh, Dad, don't yell at us. I'm like, I'm not yelling. <laughs> you yeah, want no yelling? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mess up as a mom sometimes to yell at my kids, but I think that's normal, and I do apologize to them about it. But, like, he tries really hard to not, you know, especially not having parents and growing up and being a father, so, yeah. Yeah, I apologize immediately, even if, even if I go, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, immediately apologize. apologize. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... um and, and I don't think that was recognized. What was brought up is that he has a violent past when we lost Elijah or Bubba when we lost him. Oh, well, he has a violent past. I'm like, I know a lot of people have, you know, just, or, you know, they get into a fight and they've got domestic abuse or, you know, all this stuff. That doesn't, that doesn't mean he's a violent parent. He didn't, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Do they have any final thoughts? Snow? No, I know it's like so heavy. Like I'm. I know this is kind of like a sad story. You know, like we're right before Christmas here, and you know, usually, you know, Christmas, you think about kids. At least me, I'm I'm not that religious, so you know, it's always that's always about making the kids happy and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And yeah, I did one of those Christmas angels this year. (laughs) Yeah, Mm because I was like, feel bad for kids that don't have like as much stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how come the how come the Democrats here in town? I didn't see anything with the toy drive this year. I don't. They let them out of the loop or something like that. I don't. I don't. You, I, don't you should, I, I haven't. They didn't even help with Juneteenth this year, so I don't even know. 
Well, I'm not on Facebook well, what, anymore. What, what so. I, well, yeah, but I haven't seen it. But usually what I, I would either. do is to teach my kids a life lesson because they usually get pretty good presents. I take them, you know, to Walmart or the mm-hmm. dollar store and I'm like, okay, here, you got this much, pick out this and we're donating these toys. to. This yeah, our box. kids just picked out all their toys out of their toy box and stuff they didn't want and we donated it. I told mm-hmm. them if you want Santa yeah, to come, I used to do you got to get rid year. of half your stuff. Yeah, they did. They picked through and it. They, and they donated it. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Plus, I also had a dad that um, if you didn't clean up when he said, like, he's like yeah, all your toys were going down to the salvation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to give our toys away. Did it ever happen? Oh, yeah. Why? The one time he got real pissed. Yeah. And he did. He was like, I'm not, I'm not. My dad has OCD about, like, cleanliness OCD like his house is immaculate it looks like a model home <laughs> so yeah I cannot live in that me neither <laughs> look at my house I can't live in that I like just, organized did, clutter do you ever confront him and go this is why I was in therapy <laughs> sometimes I say it to both of them I feel that that's like my right as their child and they're my parents they need to know that I wonder how he got away with not doing your baseboards when he was here, though. He didn't. He doesn't. I broke down and did her baseboards. I know. He probably didn't look at them. <laughs> I'm not judging him. I'm just saying. I can't believe her dad hasn't done this already. I know. I wonder. Like, I don't like filth. I don't like filth, but, like, it's weird. Like, dust, I don't really mind. It's one of those things. We live in the really desert. Bother. How can we keep up on it? I know. You know I would but she has the. But I don't like filth. Dyson, and it, like, I was like, this is amazing. It was done in like five seconds. It was awesome. I like, I mean, I'm already like, like right when we get done with this, I'm like, I do need to take my trash out because it's oh, like, yeah, it's gonna do that. kind of full. But I was <laughs> waiting I'm, for the trash to get taken this morning. When I <laughs> the can was already full. I was not dressed appropriately when I noticed the trash was full. I was like, I'm taking it out. All right, we're starting to go off the rails here. I know, right? All right. I saw that by time to wrap it up, but uh, thanks, Sid. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, thank you, thank thank you, you guys. for having us. We've been wanting to share our story. Yeah. It's just yeah. been yeah. the perfect time. Thank you, Serena. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey, and hey, when it might post this later, share it. Okay? Oh, I'm so going to. Out there, I'm going to. You know? Even though, <clears throat> even though we did hit the top forty in a comedy category on uh, Apple Podcasts yes. last week, I thought yes. it was but this one definitely is gonna hit comedy. You, said it was top <laughs> you think this one will be comedy? No, no, definitely not. I was gonna say, I'm like, funny. this one's not a funny no. one. This is a serious one, yeah. No. It's not funny. Yeah, now we top forty. We're number thirty-seven. Yeah, you told me that last time, right? Yeah. Are we still holding strong at thirty-seven? I didn't get the notification this week. <sighs> Maybe we're slow. Whatever, you still call it. <laughs> just kidding. We hey. will take our 37. Yeah. I want that job sending out notifications. <laughs> I know, right? They're like happy notifications. Yeah, whatever. I didn't even know that was a thing. Hey, we're great discussion. We're trying to help. Yeah. Right. If that doesn't help. I, I know. know. We um, like to have our episodes like this, though. This always helps. Yeah. Even though, yeah, it's not like it's a super it silly reach, one. It it somebody who it goes helps. through the same thing yeah. and touch them and help them in their process. Right, because it's not anybody can relate to these mm-hmm. kind of things. Right. And, and, and especially if we do have listeners with a different, uh, say, political opinion, 
that maybe they'll, they will realize that when we say we're pro-life, it doesn't mean we're pro-abortion. And we want kids to be happy. We want to look after kids and mm-hmm. all the other stuff, especially this time of year, you know. So everybody go get an angel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Go get a tree angel. All right, we'll wrap this up. And we will see you uh, maybe next week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tuesdays is our thing now yeah. during this time of year. <laughs> Oh, you skipped Thursdays? Therapy Tuesdays with Snow and MJ. <laughs> right. The Reality yeah. Redemption Podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and now we are available on Facebook Podcasts. Plug it! Yay. And the Reality Redemption YouTube channel. All right. Okay, we'll see you. Bye, y'all. Bye.